What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, BJ Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. I'm your host, BJ Parker. Appreciate you joining me. And I'm on location today down in Olive Branch, Mississippi. I have the uh, golf course superintendent. At Timber Trust Golf Course, Mr. Jacob Marsh, how you doing, sir? Good. How are you? Well, I appreciate you joining. I'm doing well, man. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying this. I appreciate. I'm down here um, uh, doing the uh, World Golf Championship uh, volunteer, and that's fun for me to do. And and um, while I'm on while I'm down, I I reached out, and you were kind enough to want to come on. And uh, it's the first time we're meeting, and I appreciate you having me over. So I'm looking forward to getting to know you and talking a little bit. And um, Hey, we'll just see where it goes. We'll see if anybody can get anything beneficial out of this. Well, I'm sure that they will. I mean, you um, you look you look young. How long have you been doing this? So I graduated from state last May. Yeah, 2018. Um, so I guess that's two Mays ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm I'm the youngest guy around here. For real? I don't know if that's good or bad, but. Cutting your teeth early. Here we are. Did you start out as an assistant anywhere? What's what, your career path, kind of? So when I was in school, I interned at Spring Creek Ranch yeah. with Stephen Cox. Um, okay. Stephen had just taken over when I was there. Yeah. Newman was there before him. Yeah. Um, but so I was there with Stephen. Did Stephen work for Newman? As an assistant. Okay. Yep. yep. And then Stephen went over to West Memphis for, I don't know, maybe a year or so. Okay. And then came back. Um, but anyways, so I was at Spring Creek. How'd you like that place? Loved it. Yeah. Um, closed on Mondays. <laughs> got to fish all the time, play golf all the time. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It got to where, you know, member guests rolled around and I, we, I brought my camper up there and just stayed yeah. there for the week because we were working morning and evening shifts. Yeah. But was Did you know anybody in the pro shop? Was Doug Oob there? When you were there, he might have been after, uh, before. He's at the Grove now. But. So Greg King was there. Okay. I know Greg King was yeah. at Miramichi yeah. with the Timberlakes. Um, I can't remember who else. Matt Brock. Yeah. Doug. Doug's a friend of mine. We worked together at the uh, Golf Club of Tennessee, and he's at the Grove now. But I think he was at Spring Creek. I just don't know the years. He, it's been a while, man. Years run together this on me. This was only a couple years back for me. <laughs> yeah. So seems like a while back. I hear but. you. Yeah, I loved it there. Yeah. Um, Stephen would let me come Christmas break, spring break if I wanted to work, yep. weekends if I was home, whatever. Yeah, you know, I just get after it. But um, so I was there, and then one semester, I worked at Mossy Oak uh-huh. in West Point. Weird situation. Loved the superintendent there, but it was just kind of it was weird to me. You yeah. share equipment with Old Waverly. You're you're having to drive across the street to clock in, then you're driving equipment across the street to Mossy Oak. It's weird. That's an odd situation. Yeah. Um, have you ever been out there? No, I have not. Bunkers out there are almost stupid. Yeah. 
just the faces on them. I mean, you 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 get a sand pro and you're pushing it halfway up the face, and you got to get up there and shovel it the rest of the way. Sometimes you got to shovel two piles. We could probably talk a whole <coughs> podcast on bunker maintenance. Yep. I, <laughs> well, me and John actually, he brought it up the other day. You yeah. know, we can't have rakes out right now. Yeah. So he asked me to try to get some square footage and figure out how much it would be to side R then. Yeah. But <laughs> we're over at the tournament where uh, they have rake. They do have rakes out, but they're disinfecting them every day, morning and afternoon. I don't know why. I mean, I guess they could probably just put a rake in everybody's bag. You could make a caddy carry it. Or have a. I mean, as many volunteers, you could just, just have, have somebody, somebody standing there. there with you know, maybe on a hole or two people. You know, per bunker. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of bunkers out there. There are. <laughs> Can't deny yeah. that. So I, I interrupted you, but t- uh, so how do you end up? Uh, you you um, how do you end up or continue your conversation on how you got to, to uh, over to Timber Trust? Mossy Oak. Um, and then I worked on campus for a semester. My last semester, I did yep. uh, the POA research, POA project, all yep. that stuff, um, which was interesting. But you're in a greenhouse yeah. a lot. I don't know. Um, <laughs> propagate POA all day long kind of gets boring. But um, So originally, I was going to go up to Wisconsin to Sand Valley when I graduated. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend ended up being pregnant, getting pregnant. I was still gonna go, and I started thinking about it. And I was like, "Man, you know what? I need to, I need to stay down here somewhere." Right. So the Windike job opened up, West Course assistant. I thought it was kind of a long shot with me just, you know, coming out of school, but sure, I got it, and I was there for eight months. This job opened up, and I jumped ship over here. Sweet. So, as a super, super, yeah. So you now. So how long have you been the superintendent here? I started in March. March. Are you enjoying it? I am. I just. I kind of knew coming into it that this place had kind of been neglected yeah. for a while. It was in rough shape. I did a grow in on the greens early this summer, late spring. Yeah. I mean, by the end of last summer, most of the greens. I don't know. I think you'd be generous to say fifty percent grass on them. Yeah. The rest of it's dirt. Um, now, what type of greens do you have? Champion. Champion? Yep. Everything yeah. else is all zoysia, a little bit of Bermuda mixed in, you know, fairways. That's and not too bad. I mean, the, the you got the right grass here. Yeah. And that kind of had a lot with me taking the job. Right. You know, I, I hate Bermuda grass as much as I hate to say it, you know, fairways <laughs> and stuff. It's unless yeah. you're dumping fertilizer on it, you can't really dress it up. Yeah. Um, it's kind of what you get around here, though. Yeah. yeah. Unless you got zoysia, yeah. but then at the same time, I mean, you just get burnt up yeah. in the summer. But so I've been here since March and hadn't looked back. Yeah. So outside of so, what were the challenges that you had? You mentioned the greens and the grow in. What was what did you sort of inherit, and what did you have to kind of go through? I don't even know where to start. Start at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so my main focus, as soon as I started, obviously grass wasn't growing yet. Right. I wanted to make sure I was capable of watering. Um, so I think you'd kind of be generous to say maybe eight of the greens would water when I got here. We replaced valves, green valves. Most of them were broken and closed shut. Yeah. Um, rewired a bunch of heads. It, I mean, it was a mess. And I. What kind of system do you have? It's all, it's electric. Um, I have rainbird boxes. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I have 100 boxes VSX, but all the heads are just kind of a mix. Right. I've tried to get it to where the greens only have Toro heads on them. 
Right. But I've still got some rainbird heads mixed in. and <laughs> You like got a, a mess, don't it's, you? <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, heads are expensive. Yep. All of it's expensive nowadays. And well, Let's back up a little <laughs> bit because I think it'll help people that may be listening. This, this course is was originally another course. So how long is – talk about the course and a little bit of what's going – what what the course is and what it's gone through and how old it is and all that stuff. So – Because I don't know either. This is kind of, to my knowledge, the sister course, so to say, to Cherokee. Okay. Cherokee is a public course in town here as well. The Harringtons, I want to say, did construction originally, uh-huh. owned it, ran it, um, and then sold this one. They still own Cherokee, I want to say. Um so Russ Gardner at Windyke bought Plantation at the time. Okay. I can't, I don't know, it's maybe four or five years back, bought it. And then um, John Gowen, who's the owner now, he was at TPC Southwind for, I want to say, like 15 years working in the, in the clubhouse. I, sure. think, I think he was the GM. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. Um, but he bought it before last summer. Uh-huh. And, you know, change the name. Just kind of trying to do a whole redo. Rebranding. Right, rebranding, that's the word. Um, So, obviously, they had some issues last year, Greens especially. You know, his his first year in is is pretty rough. But he got rid of the last superintendent last October. Uh So, there was nobody even in charge from October until when I started gotcha. into March. But, I mean, it's it, it was a mess. Did you buy it sight unseen? <clears throat> I came out here, and, you know, <laughs> I, I grew up in Olive Branch. Okay. So I, I've, I've played the course yeah. back when it was thriving. Um, but it it was a long decision. Uh, John brought me out here, and we walked the entire course. It's not we didn't ride around in a cart. We walked. We looked at everything. And I, I mean, I just, I knew it was going to be some work. That's a commitment. Work. It was yeah. going to be some work, and I knew it. But, you yeah. know, I, I told him I, I was kind of perfect for the job. You'd have yeah. to find somebody young that wants to come out here and grind every day and yeah. and work long hours. But granted, with a, a 10-month-old at the house now, it's, it's kind of rough. But yeah. it's all starting to catch up. Well, you know, it, it's funny because you can go about this business a couple of different ways. Um, you know, you were, you got, you fast tracked it through assistantships and, you know, in a couple of years, you, that's rare that you're going to be a superintendent in a couple of years. You know, my goal was to be one in three to five years, took me almost eight, you know, and, and, you know, at some point you get a little picky, especially when you feel like you've been, you know, an assistant at a high end facility or whatever. But to say all that is, is that you, you know, you can do some really good things that of course, I mean, I, I recommend that most superintendents and assistants work somewhere where they don't have, where they don't have all the high end stuff where they got to figure it out. They got to, you know, maybe work with equipment that doesn't work real well or a, a mechanic that's, you know, kind of, you know, has to do a lot of different things, a lot of challenges because that makes you a lot better when you go to a place where you, you've got everything you possibly need because you appreciate the little things that, that have to get done. And if you don't do that, then I feel like that a lot of times uh, you, miss, you miss out on what this job can kind of teach you. Because 
I imagine you're probably in a few short, in a short amount of time, pretty burnt out, you know, just going hard and trying to get everything going. But at some point that sweat equity will pay off and you'll, you'll start reaping the benefits. You just got to get it to a point where, you know, you feel like you can breathe a little bit, you know, that somebody, you know, that all these things, because you, if you're like me, when I first got my superintendent job, I had a, my punch list of, or to-do list items never got shorter. It just I just kept adding to adding it. Stuff Even on. if I took one off, I'd add three on. You yeah. know, it's like you just ride around, and every time you you just see something, and 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 you and so you had to start trying to prioritize those because there was never you. I realized real quickly this list is never gonna. I'm never gonna run out of stuff to do. You should see the the notes in yeah. my phone. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, nowadays I, I couldn't. I wrote everything down when I was, but nowadays I don't anymore. But I mean, I I use my phone like I take pictures. I, I I send them to my I can send them to my computer, make notes on them. I was doing stuff like that with my staff. I would give them you know instead of saying, you know I need you to go do this and they they running out there not knowing what the heck I'm talking about. I could take a picture of it, blow it up, show it to them on a, a photo, and they know right where to go. You know it's all a whole different thing. And and um you know you can print you know your to do list and email it to everybody. I mean that's that's a great thing. But yeah, I'm, I mean I. I could imagine your um, your list is not uh, not getting uh, shorter by we've by gotten, no means. We've gotten a lot done. Yeah. Um, it's I'm finally starting to be able to take a breath a little bit. I yeah. mean, two months ago, I wouldn't have wanted to sit down and talk to you and take you know an hour <laughs> and a half out of my day. Yeah. to do it. But I knew coming into it that anything I did here would be a plus. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I mean, kind of once the greens got grown in, and then when you started spraying Primo on them, actually being able to to put on a green, you know, yeah. instead of dirt and having some decent speed to them, I, I kind of told myself, I was like, all right, back off a little bit. Yeah. Not much, but a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's it's worked out. You know, it's, I knew, like I said, anything I did here would be a plus. Yeah. And I get so many compliments people go out of their way to, to come and tell me how good of a job we're doing, sure. how much better everything is. And I mean, I'd rather come to something like this where that can be realized quickly for sure, rather than take over somewhere else and just keep it where it's at. Yeah. You know, and that was kind of my thinking on it too. Well, it, it's very easy to take over for someone who's done a great job or the course is in great shape and you start going, where do you where can you take it? Yeah, what can I do you with know? it? I mean, there's obviously things that you can do. It's it's been done and replicated many times, but I I really appreciated the fact that my that I went from a high end uh, golf course to a course who needed some work and was able to kind of do that over a period of time. And you know, um, I think you'll appreciate that too forever where you're next because they they'll have a hard time keeping you if you do a really good job here right you know and that's probably your goal i mean you know you have longer term goals and maybe you end up here forever who knows i'm not suggesting that or if your boss is here you say <laughs> that i mean they have to know that at some point if you do if you do your job well enough that you're going to want to move on or, or you know get paid for it right you know so um uh the future's you know, wide open in that regard, but it, you know, it will, it will make you appreciate what you're doing because this is not a glamorous business. It's I mean, not. you got a, you're young, you've got a, 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 a newborn basically. And, you know, all, you're trying to do all that and, you know, 
it's it's just going to wear you out if you don't find some happy medium somewhere. You know, what's your staff like? So when I took over, I had three guys that have been here. Yeah. To my opinion, I guess you could say nobody ever held them accountable for anything. Yeah. Sloppy. You know, so I told them the first day, I said, you have to be open to doing things my way because everything that you've learned so far to a point is wrong. Yeah. Um, and the course shows. And they somewhat took that the right way. I feel like one of them didn't. Um, but they're still here, and they seem to have kind of bought into it. Yeah. I mean, they're even realizing people are going out of their way to tell them they're doing a good job, the course looks good, and, yeah. and they like hearing that rather than just kind of coming to work and, and doing the motions. Yeah. And not getting any benefit from it. Yeah. Um, but John let me hire on um, two more for the summer full-time. I've got a tractor guy that's not included in that, mows all the rough. That's big. As dumb as that sounds, Yeah, that's big. I hear you. Um, and then I actually took – there was an older guy at Windyke that did irrigation, and he was kind of wanting to get out of it and kind of slow down a little bit. So I brought him over with me part-time, and he helped me a lot because I didn't really know this you know, yeah. irrigation system. I had hydraulic at Windyke. <laughs> so he's been around for a while. Um, he was at Miramichi when it was Big Creek. Yeah. And he was next door at the country club for a while. And then he spent 13 years at Windyke. Yeah. So. Well, you never have enough staff or equipment, you know, that or money. It's right. never, you know, if, if anybody ever asked me, I, that's what I never have enough, you know, and so you, you just gotta, you just gotta kind of make do with what you've got and, and make the most of it. And I think you're, you're right. You, you, you strike me as the, uh, the guy you're, you're probably out there knee deep in it with them. You're work, you know, a working superintendent. You can't afford to just kind of delegate. You got to do things as well because of the position and the and the type of golf course you've got here. And that, I mean, you know, it, they'll they'll learn, or they if they haven't already, they'll 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 figure out that you're in this with them. You know, you're not against them. You know, you they may not understand exactly. And you, you got to pick a you you have to make a decision about a certain certain things because it's your call. You know, and so. Uh, if they want to, you know, make a decision and, and it be their next be on the line, then they would be in the position you're in, you know. Right. But at the same time, I mean, you gotta you gotta understand that they, you know, they 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 just want to come and clock in and work and go home, and they don't f- take all the stuff you take home with them. Right. And that's hard. That's always hard to try to relate to them, especially when, um, you know, they've been doing this and probably nobody's appreciated what they've done or nobody's told them they've done a good job and that's all they want to hear, you know. And in reality, you know, that's all anybody wants to hear when they're doing something is just, hey, you're doing a good job, working hard, you know. And sure, they're going to slough off and do, you know, try to take breaks and things like that. We all do, but at the same time, you know, I think that's the, the biggest thing for you is to not feel like you can't, you know, appreciate what you're doing and don't try to do everything, but at the same time, don't get, I mean, just things are going to happen. You know, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to screw it up and you're going to say things you shouldn't say and all these types of things because you're just learning just like anybody else, you know, don't beat yourself up over anything that you, that you feel like, you know, and, and if you're, if you, uh, I guess my biggest advice to you would be is if you feel like you were wrong, go make it right. You know, 
say, hey, I was wrong there. I, I didn't handle this right or whatever, you know. That's just my thing. That's kind of what I learned over the years. Right. You know, you have to do that as a parent. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when yeah. You, when you say something to your kids, and you're like, wait a second, I, I didn't handle that right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, it's, I mean, there when all the COVID stuff hit, yeah. at the time I still only had three guys, <laughs> and we cut their hours in half. Yeah. So they were at 20 hours a week. Did y'all slow down at all? Did you st- close the golf course Work or anything? didn't, but we were nervous that we – we're going to have to close. Yeah. So you got three guys 20 hours a week. So I kind of split it up to where I had two guys. They ride together. So I had them Monday through Wednesday, full days. Yeah. And then the other guy, I had him Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And weekends, I was by myself. Whew. So weekends, I was Saturday and Sunday, I'd mow greens and have a cup cutter in my lap. So I'd mow green. I'd mow the green, get off, change the cup, on to the next one by myself. That's about all you did. Yeah. Yeah. Every weekend there for, I think it was almost two months we had them at, at half the hours. But, I mean, we were That's nervous. not the case now, is it? It's not. Yeah. Um, it's Weekends are a lot easier now. I've got the, the green set up to water. Initially, I didn't even know you could use the radio on these boxes. Most yeah. of them you couldn't because they needed parts. So we stripped the boxes that don't run the greens, you know, the fairway boxes, put them on the greens boxes, got everything up and running. So now I can use the radio instead of coming to the box, flipping on the switch. You know, yeah. it, was, it was a mess, but um, it's it's helped big time. Man, you know, you don't understand the importance of having the ability to water yeah. when you don't have the ability to water. Yeah. I, I, I'm in a project right now, and they've had some deferred maintenance for a long time on their irrigation it's a old hunter system it's a block system it's all it's like a glorified residential basically and none of the decoders were hooked up right wiring problems everywhere it's a lot of digging and you're just chasing stuff down and when you finally get to a point where you're like hey i can see the light at the end of the tunnel here it's a good thing you know and then you then you're like okay well what's going to be wrong with these valves now I'm going to have some broken valves. I'm going to need some parts to fix it, you know. So you, you at least get to a point where you can start diagnosing things and going through it, you know, and because you can't just rely on Mother Nature. You need that water. I mean, it's great if you get enough rain and you can get through it, but you know as well as I do, it, it gets dry and it, it gets hot and you need that, you need the ability to water. And that nothing will stress you out more than not being able to water and seeing stuff just yep. going right in front of your face. I mean, it, it, you know, and there's a fine line there. I mean, there's really a fine line. Over, we were over there, you know, and there's wet spots in the fairways, and then there's, um, you know, there's dry spots, and they're just battling it and then having to have a tournament, you know. So it's never going to stop. But I, I, I learned real early that if I got good at irrigation, because I, I was – I'm. do you play golf? I, I do too, and and I I, I love the playability aspect of it. That's kind of where I developed my my um, my superintendent style was. I wanted to set the golf course up to play really well, basically to my style. But I figured like you know if people hit the ball and it ran a little further, they'd like it. You know, I'd mow the grass a little lower or whatever. And um, but I learned real early that with irrigation, you it's hard to do because you have heads that stick on don't turn you know you're all constantly so i i found that i focused a lot on trying to 
and with with computer with the ability to set things up with you know it's even better now but back then it was like you could do things part circle full circle turn things on and off you know and, right. and so you there was a laundry list of uh, each hole had this heads on that heads in part circle i mean it was confusing but i got to where out that i was focusing in on that and that's what made you know and so i i really didn't want to have I wanted the grass to look as consistent and play as consistent, you know, from tee to green. And, um, you know, that's, that, that's, that was just me. That's what I kind of focused in on because, um, you know, it's so hard to explain why you got a wet spot and it hadn't rained in three weeks. Yep. You know, it's probably something you deal with. But, All the time. Yeah. All the time. I've gotten to where I don't have – anything on the computer whatsoever yeah you can schedule out the stations to run on the boxes only yeah so if you've got everything scheduled out and it's going to rain today you got to go around to every single box and turn on rain shut down or they're still going to water right um but like i said when i started the focus was greens and then it got hot so i'm like well i need to water fairways i need to water tees and we're still kind of in that right now yeah. Trying to figure out, okay, well, this station doesn't work. That station doesn't work. We're air fine fairways right now. So I'm coming to the boxes to try to mark heads. And, you know, majority of them won't even come up. So then I got to go poking around yeah. to where I know it should be. You have any as built or anything? Yes, but yeah. they're not accurate. Imagine that. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know of as built that's, that has, that is accurate. Maybe I mean, nowadays. Yeah. Well, the GPS and all that's pretty yeah, close. But. Yeah, if you got something that's old, good luck. Yeah, and there's no telling what's happened over the years. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they took some out and added some here and there. And well, I just think if it, and you may have said how old this golf course is, but I think back when they were building golf courses pretty regularly, and this is no shot to anybody. It's just a general statement, but I think contractors took the as builts and cut corners, or did things a little different than what they were designed to do. That happened a lot. Yeah, here. You know, so it just saving money, skimping, whatever. Yep. You know, it just yep. happened. They just were building them so fast; they had to get in and out. You I know? want to say this place was constructed in the nineties. It's probably. I don't know why I'm thinking that. Yeah. And then I know they renovated greens. They had bent, just like everybody else did. But I know yeah. they did that. I want to say like, um, I don't even want to say wrong. So maybe it was constructed in the eighties, yep. and then they renovated two thousand ish. I want to say. Um, but I even had a guy, there's a guy at Cherokee that works on staff over there and I brought him over. He was here when they built the place and we rode around for a shoot, I don't know, two or three hours. He was showing me valves. He was showing me this, showing me that. He said, if you ever want to air five fairways, once you get back in the corner, 12 and 13, he said, we were running wires with a chainsaw. He said, they, we had, <laughs> we had a trencher. And we didn't have the trencher once we got down to that corner. So he said, you got to be careful or you're just going to be hitting wires. And we verified that fairway actually this morning. And to my knowledge, it didn't hit anything, but I hadn't tried to run any heads over there yet. I but. saw somebody <laughs> doing that the other day on Twitter or something. And I was like, I've never seen somebody run a wire with a chainsaw like a trench. I want. It might have been on that Facebook group. Might have been. Either on there, or it was on Twitter. So yeah. I saw it I, too. I saw some. It was not too long ago. I, that's, that's maybe a last new, week. That's a new one for me. Yep. Yeah. Everybody was bashing him, talking about he's going to ruin the chain and ruin the bar. But yeah. I mean, if you get it down six eight inches, yeah, that's all you need. 
I mean, however you get it done. Yeah. We we just put some power in at this course. I'm at in Eagleville, and we just we had a ditch witch. We just yep. I had to run maxi wire, and I was like, just put it down in there a foot, man. And you know we'll just cover it up. But we I said, might as well use it. You know, just plowed a four inch ditch. Yep. We didn't need that much, but I was like, what the heck? You'd rather be safe. Yeah. Than, I mean, know. you know, it was it definitely needed new wiring for. Three holes. Well, I ran 1,500 feet of new new power wire, new maxi wire, but it fixed it. Something had been broke for five, six years, maybe longer. Just needed new wire. That was it. This place yeah. needed it too, but, I mean, you're talking yeah. a lot of money to well, do all that. Yeah, the uh, wire's not cheap and labor and getting all that done, you know, it just depends. I mean, but – all that stuff gets just starts deteriorating, especially if it's direct burial, it's been in the ground, poor splices, whatever, you know, just it's a headache. You know, it's not like nowadays, but you know, um it 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 definitely takes some so if it hasn't been dealt with in a while, it definitely takes just some upgrading. Yeah. That's just about everything around here. Yeah. Nobody's ever messed with anything. Yeah. You know, and then I start and I try to make it workable at least. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Well, what do the other guys around you uh, think about your, that you ever, I know you mentioned before Chase and you've talked to Newman and some guys that you've been around. What are they thinking about uh, how things have come around? You talk to them at all? I do. Um, me and Chase, like I said, I mean, we're right next door to each yeah. other. So we talk a good bit, you know, a couple of times a week and he's running here to borrow stuff and I'm, calling him running up there and um it's memphis area to me it's it's pretty tight-knit sure a lot of the state guys blake rogers miramichi talked to him a good bit chase next door like i said um there's a lot of you guys a lot of state guys and if you get i mean like the people i graduated with it was only three guys it's me and then one guy's at kiwa he's from arkansas he just jumped ship went to the coast um smart (laughs) Yeah. Um, <laughs> At least go where it's nice. Right. He took – I want to say he's got – he's an AIT over there at the Ocean Course. Yeah. Um, but then the other guy, he was doing sports field stuff, and he's somewhere up in Kentucky. Yeah. And that was it. I mean, uh, Chase was on his way out when I got down to school. Blake wasn't there. You know, everybody's older than me, so it's just it's just me. Yeah. The young guy. <laughs> But it's it's tight holding it in. down for the young guys. Yep, yeah. it is possible. Yeah, um, just jump right into it. Yeah. Well, I, I I mentioned earlier, it's just your your track to being a superintendent is not normal, not in this business, especially nowadays where they're they're just. I mean, the jobs are few and far between. I mean, whether it's being in the right spot or you know knowing the right people. I mean, you you did it, you did it in a um, you know a way that. Um, you know, most people just aren't doing. I mean, if somebody's listening to this, think they're going to be a superintendent in a couple of years. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> that doesn't happen, you know. But if it does, then more power to you. And I think, man, it's going to pay off for you in the long run, huge. I'm interested to um, to talk about the greens process of what you did to get them. If you could describe kind of what they look like and what you did, you know, in case somebody's going into kind of as if somebody's maybe walking in that same situation. What what did what what all did you do? Was it a combination of a lot of cultural practices, you know, fertility, 
a lot of different things. I'm sure it is. We didn't punch a hole, I want to say, until May. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of guys would look at you and say, hey, you know, you need to punch immediately just to... Not going to do anything. Right. But, um, so, I mean, my main thing, I did um, 15 pounds of nitrogen during the whole grow-in phase. Yeah. And you just kept dumping fertilizer on them. You can mow them in the mornings. You're dumping buckets after every green. And then you come back and mow them in the afternoon. You're doing the same thing. I mean, there was no lack of grass. Yeah. It's almost like putting on a tee box for a little while, but it, you had to do it. It was just all part of it. So um, I would send guys out to the bare areas with top dressing sand and a level on, just keeping sand on it and giving yeah. it the media to, to mesh together. And just keep hitting it with fertilizer was there grass there and it was just kind of suppressed or what was it just there were a lot of areas that were 100 percent bare yeah 100 percent um they spent some time this winter plugging out there used to be a chipping grain right outside here yeah they plugged out a lot of it so some of the spots were plugged but they were plugged crappily i guess if that's a word (laughs) it is now (laughs) um (laughs) so i I was just trying to get all that to mesh, yeah. um, but there were still areas that they didn't even get to. Yeah. So we re-sprigged that chipping grain about a month and a half ago. The nursery was gone, didn't have any grass left on the nursery, so we sprigged both of those and, and just kept fertilizer on them and kept sand on them, yeah. kept water to them. That's all you can do. Yep. You know, it's a, it's a funny grass, man, that ultra dwarf. And um, once it goes south, it can go south in a hurry. But, you know, if you if you do the right things and, and get them where you want them, they, man, that's some really good ones over here at TPC right oh, yeah. now. I mean, yeah. they look, that's as good a, I don't know what they have. I, I think it's, I'll guess, I'll be guessing. I don't want to say the wrong thing. But, I mean, they, they look really good. And I, and I thought they looked good last year. They looked really good. I just think it's a great grass. I'm still a bent grass guy. I have zero experience with bent. None. It made me nervous to go up north. Yeah. You know, when I was supposed to go to Sand Valley and I had zero cool season experience. You you would I mean, you wouldn't find it's it, it's it's a completely different grass in the term of, in terms of, you know, what it requires, what it needs. You're not going to do a lot of the grooming necessarily that you would with Bermuda. But it's just, I mean, if you think about it as just being grass, you just try to make it as good as you can make it. You, you don't really have much trouble. I, I was fortunate to do, my first course was bent grass. And I learned a lot about growing bent grass in the transition zone in the south. And when I went to Bermuda, I was like, well. Now what? Now what, <laughs> you know. my, You know, everybody told me, well, it's a lot easier and this and that. I'm like, horse crap. I mean, it was not. It was, it was just rethinking about what you're doing and constantly thinking about how you're uh, yeah i didn't have to hand water in the summer you know we still did a little I, this was um so are you familiar with the hydrojets the I toro Hyd- man i if it wasn't for that piece of machinery i don't know what i'd have done now we didn't once the 648 once we came that came around and i could verify like spike real quick a lot faster and i didn't have that hose hooked to everything right. i would just run those out and then water in after that but that was I just I, the hardest part to me was the water management on the on the ultra drawers, trying to figure out because the root zones are not you know very deep. Um, they I could get a two inch rain and they, 
they need water it's the gone. next day yep. because it sheds a lot. You know, it just didn't pin it. So, you know, I started using wetting agents. And, you know, I just applied all the principles that I learned in, in with bent grass. I just was so used to bent grass staying wet all the time and, and having plenty of moisture. And this, I didn't have, the, I, right? Um, I left Brentwood about the time when moisture meters became popular. And they, I didn't have a chance to, re, it was still probing and, you know, stuff you don't even know anything about. Probably. <laughs> I don't have a moisture meter. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't necessarily think you need to get one. I think they're a good tool if you're into that whole numbers thing and trying to figure it out. But a lot of what you can learn by feel and look and playability is a heat will go a long way towards when you get the chance to poke around with a moisture meter and look at them. There are some guys that, you know, kind of nerd out on everything and yeah. hats off to them, but I'm, I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm not saying that's I'm surprising because the young guys I think would, would pay more attention to the technology side of things and, and all that, but that's good. I'd I mean, hate to say that I'm old school, but yeah, to a point I kind of am. Do you have a mentor? If, if you could say someone was a mentor to you, a group of a lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, I still talk to Andrew Foster at Windyke a good bit. Yeah. Blake Miramichi. Um, Newman has helped me out a lot. Right. Um, and I told him, you know, coming into it, I said, you know, we'll we'll use Simplot stuff, but you're going to have to help me yeah. a good bit. I'm going to be calling you all the freaking time. Yeah. He said, man, that's fine. And we text just about every day. Yeah. Um, Philip Carter at Regal, he's helped me a good bit. He was next door superintendent for a while at the country club and – I mean, I could just keep naming guys. Yeah. I, I call on guys all the time. Um, well, you know, the big thing in this business is guys willing to help other guys, especially you being young and not knowing everything right. and needing help and walking into situations where you're unsure about and you have to make the decision. You know, you want to have as much information as you possibly can to make that decision. And guys, you know, like Newman, Chase, you know, all those guys that are around you that have, that have been doing it a little longer and – and um, you can, rely, you know, call on and rely on, you know, they've probably been through something or, or at least know about something that can help you, you know. And that's, right. that's huge because if you just start shooting from the hip, you know, you're, you'll find out real quickly. It's good to learn on the go and, you know, sometimes figure stuff out. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. When there's a lot of money involved. Yeah. Um, it's a little different. Yeah. Can't just be throwing money away. But yeah, I try to make sure – I mean, it's good to second guess yourself sometimes, yeah. but I mean, I just I roll with it. Yeah, it's the best way to learn. You do it wrong, you do it better. You know, the next time, and hope for the best. No, that's a, <laughs> that truly is really the only way to to look at it is to say, you know, I used to have this saying that uh, I would tell my assistants, and I learned it from my dad, so I didn't I didn't come up with it on my own. But I was like, you know, you either you can either make a good decision, a bad decision, but it can't make no decision. Right. You know, that you can learn, you can, good decision, we can, we can go with that. A bad decision, we can learn from it. But if I, if I don't make any decision at all, then one, I, if I, you can, if I'm talking to someone and you can't make a decision, what, what good are you to the process? And, you know, we're not going to get anywhere if we just don't make any decisions. So that's something that I always kind of gravitated towards was in like, look, you know, we may not always do it right. But at least we can't just sit there and do nothing. Right. You know, we got to figure out something. And in and, and time and money and a lot of other factors come into that, you know, play a role in, in, in that. But you 
you got to use what you have and use the knowledge that you have and the resources that you have to make some sort of decision and move on with it, you know. And it could be any, it could be uh, about anything, you know, um, what to do that day. You know, we got a situation with the irrigation system. What do we do? We prioritize our to-do list. Because I imagine with the crew size you got and the things that you've got to do, it's just enough to keep up with mowing and the, the normal day-to-day stuff that it's hard to get to that one or two things you want to do. That's just my guess. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. I mean, I'll kind of get the guys going in the morning, and I always kind of determine, you know, a couple of things that I want to get done yeah. during the day. Now, granted, most of the time it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. You've got, you know, machine messes up there, guys stuck on a mower in the ditch over here. <laughs> Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's endless, but I try to make sure that before I leave that I get done what I said I was going to get done. Right. Which, like I said, it doesn't always work out, but. So, so what's a typical day for you like? If there is one. Insane. Yeah. What time are you getting here? Uh, crew's coming in at 530. So I get here, you know, five, five twenty ish. Sometimes depends, you know, if we're verticutting or something, I'll try to get here early and. Get a couple of greens done, so yeah. the greens mower's not waiting on the verticutter. And sure. you know if it's if it's going to be busy, I mean, like we have been every single day, and I need to spray. I'll get here early and go ahead and get the tank mixed up and be ready to go. So I'm all over the place. <laughs> I, I can't be stopped. So you're the you're the sprayer, the irrigation tech. The... I taught one of the summer guys how to spray. Yeah. Um, but I'm not really confident. And some things That's like that. That's a tough one especially, to get turn over. Yeah, especially when you're spraying greens and, you know, you've got $1,000 in the tank. Yeah. Sometimes more than that when you're spraying fungicide. Yeah. But, you know, I try to do all the spraying yeah. if it's greens. Well, I didn't uh, – we didn't introduce the most important member of your crew. Uh, you said <laughs> – what is what, talk about – is this Rue? Rue. Rue. Rue is in the room with this uh, – what kind of dog is she? Uh, nobody's been able to tell me. Yeah, I don't know. She's staring at me, though. So I adopted her. She was being fostered yeah. in Perdido Key. Okay. We went to Gulf Shores, and my buddy's aunt had her, knowing we were kind of looking at getting getting a dog. Yeah. Um, so she sent me a picture. We went and saw her when we were down there, and I went and played golf at um, Perdi- somewhere in Perdido, some course. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but we went and saw her, and here we are. Yeah. So she wouldn't even L- let me touch her when we started. Oh, really? Couldn't get anywhere near just scared um, or yep. just skittish? Um, both? <laughs> yeah, both. Yep. Yeah. She looks chill now. She's awesome. Yeah. She's up here with me every single day. Looks um, like um, obviously a mix of several breeds, I would imagine, but Australian shepherd eyes, it looks like to yep, me. Yeah. Sheds like crazy. Oh, I could imagine. She's so spoiled. <laughs> so spoiled. You know Nick's dog over there, um, Millie, that uh, border, border collie. collie? Golly, that thing is amazing. Yep. Mine's him like a whip. She's good about chasing geese off and stuff, but yeah. we haven't gotten to where it's like she'll come back. Right. Like we can be riding in the cart and I'll, you know, she's already she's already honed in on them. Yeah. Just riding around. So I'll let her off the leash and she goes and, and chases them off, but she won't come back. Yeah. So I'll have to drive over there and get her and she'll just stop and look at me. Like, what did I do wrong? Nothing. <laughs> just come back to me. Do, uh, do most of the customers and people pretty good with her i mean yeah everybody loves everybody loves everybody yeah how'd she get the name rue so my girlfriend 
was big on Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. And I don't know how, she, you know, the Kanga and, and Roo. Yeah. So we call her Roo or, or Roo-Roo. Yeah. So that's how that came about. Do most of the, um, golf course dogs are a, a pretty big thing. I mean, that's, there's no, there's no really two ways around it. Do most of the guys around here have golf course dogs? So that you know of? when I was at Windyke, there was not one. Yeah. And I was kind of afraid to even ask to get a dog, but I've been wanting one for a while. Yeah. So I knew when I took this job that I didn't have an excuse anymore yeah. not to get a dog. So we, I literally got her the week before I started up here. Yeah. Um, I know, I mean, Chase has a dog, but I don't think he brings her to work. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I couldn't leave her home all day. Yeah. Long hours up here. She's got a bed in my office and spoiled brat. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't. I had several dogs that took the course as an assistant, but when I got to be a superintendent, I just, and now my job, I had a staff of 20, maybe, you know, different, uh, you know, it varied, but I just had a lot more to do. And we did, but we did have a, uh, a dog, just wasn't mine. My assistant, and I, uh, he was there when I, when I took over, um, he had, we had a, um, a border collie that was the, the golf courses and, um, you know, he took care of it and took it home and, and did everything, which was fine. I just, I just felt like for me, it was, a lot, I already had enough responsibility. I got three kids. I'm running right. around trying to keep up with everything, but I love it, man. I think that they're great. And, you know, it seems to be, uh, it probably keeps you a little, you know, chill too, as well. Just some, you know, something there to it take care sometimes, of. Sometimes, but yeah. you know, I get aggravated yeah. up here a lot, and I try not to take it out on her. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't ever hit her or anything like that. But sure. you know, when she's getting tangled up on the leash, and I'm I'm down in a hole. Yeah, you know, getting all muddy. Do you have to keep her on the leash, or she'll run off, or what's? The... She's. I'll let her off in the mornings yeah. before anybody's out here. Yeah, but I kind of get nervous. You know, we if you get down on you know five and six, Riverdale's right there. Yeah, so I'll try to come way off. In the middle of the court somewhere and just yeah. let it run for a little while and it hadn't been too bad yeah there's some foxes living at the shop yeah and she's gone into the woods after a couple times <laughs> so i had to go in there and, and try to get her but yeah she's been good there's a, a couple members play every single morning and they always try to make sure that they come by and they got a, a treat bag in their in their golf bag so she gets fed sometimes yep. two or three times by them <laughs> so well, that's good, man. That's good. You'll enjoy. I mean, you know, the dogs are great, and especially on the golf course, it just is great to see. And you know, you'll enjoy that for for sure. Unless I'm on a mower, I had to. I had to bring me. her up. I've never. I've never had a dog in, in <laughs> on any of my podcasts. I had to. I had to mention that she was just hanging out, chilling with us. She's yeah. not going to say much, though, folks. She's barked she's... maybe five or six times yeah. since I've had her. She's not. She's won't she's make over just chilling. Yep. Not doing anything. So we're going to have football this year? Are you a football fan? I am. Um, I hope so. This whole pandemic and nervousness and <clears throat> everything that's going on in the world, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do without football. I don't get to watch much TV, but when I do, yeah. I, I'd, I'd appreciate it if it's football. Yeah. Especially Mississippi State. <sighs> but well, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a Bama fan. So. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we. It's been a rough ride for Mississippi State against Bama over the years. It has. <laughs> Refs get us every year. Well, it's. I'm it, just glad it's gotten to where it's actually a game. Yeah. You know, instead of just a blowout last couple of years, but. I'm yeah, not, I mean, what was it a couple of years ago? Um, 
Maybe it was when Dak Prescott was here. That were number one in last the, year. Yeah, number one in the in the country. Yeah, and uh, Bama rolled in there and had to had to knock them off. Yep. But you know, I assume you're a Mississippi State fan, but you you're not an Ole Miss fan, are you? I am not. Okay, I don't know how that works. Sometimes I've met some guys from Mississippi State, and they'd be Ole Miss fans. Right. Like, um. I grew up. My dad was a State fan. My mom was Tennessee. Yeah. Now, um, now, hold on. I didn't mean to – is Mike Leach the coach down there? In Mississippi State. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. This will be we his first some, year. we got some wild coaches in the SEC. Yep. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I really hope that we play. Yeah. I don't – you know, even if it's just conference play, like I know that's kind of been an option, yeah. kind of floating around. But I heard – I did hear that the, the 10-game season, nine-game conference, and maybe one out of conference. Right. Which – as long as it's football, I mean, it's fine. I don't know how that's going to play out with, you know, some conferences not playing at all and doing whatever they want to do, and it's weird. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful they get some order. It sounds like the NFL is going to be fine, which – For now. For now. Who knows? <laughs> I'm ready to get back to normal, to be honest with you, you know. It's kind of weird. We, you know, minus, like I said, not having the staff here Yeah. at full – Besides that little month and a half span, I mean, we have not skipped a beat. Yeah. Weekday, we're sitting here doing 130, 140, 150 rounds of golf every weekday. Um, so y'all do that many rounds? Yeah. Wow. We've done with all this golf around here. Is this a member course or no uh, public? It's a. Uh, we have membership. Semi-private. Yeah, semi-private. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, but I mean, membership here isn't very big. I mean, yeah. we don't. We don't really base income off membership dues. Yeah. So I mean, you got people coming to play. That's your revenue. Sure. Um, well, I we pulling in. It looked looked packed. I saw people out there playing the golf course. I mean, the parking lot's full. I mean, that's what I've noticed. I noticed. I know. And and I've heard I heard maybe Germantown closed down or something. A I don't know if that's years. because the pandemic. I don't know if that's why, but there you know, um, not many courses closed. I mean, unless it's a metro or you know municipal golf course where that had to follow some state rules and regulations. The city of Memphis course is closed for yeah. a little while. Yeah, and so we got all their play. Yeah, but it it hadn't slowed down. I mean, I sit here and I'm like, okay, well today's monday maybe i can actually get something done before yeah. golf hits us and like i said yesterday we did i want to say like 136 rounds yeah and once you get caught you're screwed i mean what's your first tee time seven that's not bad seven o'clock weekday six thirty weekends but we've got some members that play every single day that sneak out about six thirty. yeah i get mad about but what do you do you can't say anything to them yeah. so just go around yeah <laughs> play through whatever and you know they sit there and say well we don't care you know if the greens are mowed or not but they don't understand if they get in front of us yeah that's a that you know that's a funny thing that i hear you know i've always i've always they always say that but that's not what they mean because yeah it's not that you don't care it's my guys waiting on you it's holding me up which is going to cause me to possibly hold up people that do care and all this it's just a trickle down effect you know and 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 they say that because they don't want to feel like they're intruding on what you're trying to do but it just doesn't help the process you go from Uh, mowing grains in three hours to you know they get in front of you and you're stretching it to four and a half yeah 
But and I and I'm always a big, you know, I said this on a couple of different podcasts, but I'm always, you know, if you got an eight hour day and you've got man hours for eight hour day, you're probably if you just looked at what they actually are doing, physical work. Like they're whatever they're mowing, they're actually mowing, not driving from place to place or sitting, you know, waiting for a group or whatever. You're probably only getting about six hours, maybe five and a half. I was about to say six might be if you're lucky. Yeah. So you've already got, you're already, you're already cut out two hours of actual work time. And if somebody starts early or pushes you back, I mean, you're already cutting in. You're not getting a full eight hour day out of somebody. Um, Especially when you've got one fairway mower. Yeah. You know? But and if you and if you triplex mow greens, I mean, you might take you three hours to triplex mow greens, but it may only take you fifteen minutes per green, you know, if it, or you know whatever the case, you know, it's more drive time than it is actually mow time. Mow, mow time. Yeah. If you if you ever get into start, you know, diving into what what they're actually doing, I mean, you just you start figuring out, man, I need two mowers, or I need to do, I need to speed this process up because all they're doing is mowing. You know, and I can get them on to something else, you know. We just signed an equipment lease. Um, luckily, it's long overdue. Yeah. Um, but last year, John bought um, a brand-new greens mower, GP400, which has been big. Yeah. Um, just having a reliable machine to mow greens every day, luckily, because it would be a mess without <laughs> it. There, I mean, there's been days, yeah, I mean, it, it breaks down. Yeah. Last week it broke down, and we didn't even get to mow that day. Don't have a roller. Don't have a backup greens mower. One fairway mower. Um, but we just bought a, a Trimax Snake rough mower. Uh-huh. It's 13 foot wide. That came in last Friday. So we've been running the crap out of that. We've got some more equipment coming supposedly this week. A roller, fairway mower, and a, another GP400. So that'll kind of help out big time. Yeah, now you just got to get the bodies Yeah, <laughs> to run it all. Yeah, everybody's just going to be on a machine yeah. all day. It's... Well, you can do a lot if you're just mowing grass and cleaning things up. Sprayer, sprayer is important, you know, probably most important for you because it can keep up with regulation and some other things that help you. But greens mower has got to be, you know, spot on because you don't want to go a day or two without mowing. Right. There's no way with this Bermuda. I mean, it doesn't get leggy. It doesn't go crazy on you, and you've probably got it regulated. But When you, you put know. 15 pounds down yeah. for a grow-in, there's no way you can't mow. No. And then not have a roll. You're going to probably be dealing with some super thatch. We know. punched twice. Yeah. Um, next Monday, we're actually deep tining. Yeah. We're taking a half-inch core. So that'll be the third core we've taken this year. That'll be a, that'll disrupt them. Yep. I mean, it's, it's almost August. So, yeah, you're, you're probably going to feel that for a little bit. Yep. Yeah. But, it, you know, if they need it, they need it. You know, They do. Um, it'll be good to get, you know, down deep. Yeah. And get some of that nasty stuff out of there. Yeah. It's all river sand. Um, gets hydrophobic. Yeah, have you know? I've been having to make sure I get my wetting agent down, and it's, they spongy. Right now they are. Yeah. yeah. Are you going back in with a finer sand to try to get some? some I've just finer been using, sand mixed in. Yeah, I've just been getting top dressing sand. Yeah. Um, making sure I get that get that down in the hole, and sure. that's kind of the whole purpose of doing the deep tine next week is to try to get some more of that sand down. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of just taking a normal yeah normal hole, but um, that's the plan. Yeah. Well, man, I you know, I, I'd l- I, maybe I'll get opportunity to run around the golf course with you and just kind of check it out and and you know and 
uh, time is always valuable. It's, you know, but, uh, I, you know, it's been nice hearing you talk about your work and, and what you've been doing here. And, and, uh, I, I, I think the future is very bright for what you got going on and, and, uh, where you're headed and just keep, you know, keep the focus and keep, you know, plugging along and don't, uh, don't get too frustrated and, Darn sure don't overwork yourself because you'll work <laughs> yourself. You'll work yourself right out of a job. You'll be you'll be hating this in about ten years or le- or less. You know. It's, I mean, like I said, it's starting off. It was that way, yeah. and it's it's kind of gotten to where I can kind of back off a little yeah. bit. And, but it's been good. So, what do you like to do for fun when Sleep. you're not doing this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of figured that. I mean, I've been working every day. Yeah, you know, it's, it's summertime, but. Um, you know, Sunday evening, I had some buddies over and we grilled out and, yeah. and stuff like that. You know, I like spending time with the family. And if I can sneak out of here on weekends, you know, be home by 10 or 11, I'll, I'll catch that midday nap yeah. with mama and and the baby. So it's about it. You know, just family time. I, if You know, if I'm people ask me to go fish and stuff, and I'm like, look, man, you know, I'm out in the sun all week long. Yeah. Last thing you I got do is- no interest in sitting in the middle of a lake on a boat. Yeah. Um, but that's it, you know. It's, I try to play golf as, as much as I can, and right now it's about once a week. I play in the. We do a scramble on Thursdays. Yeah. I make myself play in because all my buddies do. But you know they'll they'll try to get me to play on weekends like Sunday at one o'clock, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no thanks. But I try to play golf. I feel like you get a a different viewpoint. Yeah. Especially if you play your own course, it's. It's kind of weird to me that some superintendents don't. I, I get it. Trust me. I get right. why you don't, but you see a lot more if you actually play. I, I 100% agree with that. Even if you're not good at golf, you need to play. You need to see what some guy that's walking who walks every day. And when you're in a cart, you're going the same path, same the, you're not going to see what he's – hey, man, there's this over here. You don't know what he's talking about. and. You just get you just got to get out there and fill your golf course. You know, if I I did the exact same thing. A lot of times, what I would do is I would I would play two or three holes in the morning just to see how the greens are playing. Chipping, I chipped and putted on half a dozen greens, just you know seeing how they're rolling. Um, you know, we got a bad pin location somewhere. You know, always you know checking for things like that, and just and then tried to play you know as much as I could. And basically looked like looked at it like it was part of the job. I needed to get out there and see what the golf course was doing, and plan and how it was playing. And and um, you know, I, I I I get it around okay. So I and I've played it my whole life. So I, I mean, I enjoy the game. I know that there's a lot of superintendents and guys in our business that don't. They don't even some of them don't even play. It's kind of unique to me that that's what they would not you know be willing to want to do. But you know, hey. It's, it's a lot of this is just agriculture and farming and, you know, it's about growing the grass and doing some things like that. But I, I, I agree with you. I think that playing the game and, and just checking your golf course out and seeing how it's doing is, um, you know, it's part of what everybody should at least do just to kind of understand what the customers are seeing. You know, that's just my opinion. It's kind of tough to get off work and play golf. Yeah. A lot. Um, especially when it's this hot. Now, I played a good bit in the spring, which yeah. granted I just started here, so I wasn't really burnt out with it yet. But me and John kind of agreed at the beginning that we would at least try to play once a week. Right. So, like I said, with that scramble, it's worked out because he plays in it. He's got a bunch of buddies, and all my buddies play. But 
I think if it wasn't for my buddies playing, I probably yeah. wouldn't be in it right now. Yeah. I'd say, screw y'all. <laughs> I don't want to be out there, but it's fun. Friday morning suck, but. But I mean, you know, it, that, that, you know, like I said, it's, it's one, it gets you away from your mindset of working. You get to play. I, I couldn't, one of the things I couldn't do was stop looking at every negative thing about the course. Yep. Like, I, oh, I got to do this. That head's not edge, blah, blah, you know, and, and I, so I, I, once I got away from worrying about that too much and just kind of looked at it from an, uh, an overall, I would go back in sometimes after I played and I'd say, guys, we're, I know I nitpick a lot of things, but we're doing a really good job out here. It looks really good. Things are going in the right direction. I played, you know, I played yesterday and had some people coming up to me saying how nice everything was. And that's what you got to do is take a step back and, you know, sort of dump all that stuff that you kind of ride around and see all the time and think you got to fix. You got to put those right. blinders on. And and, I, and you're right. I mean, because if you, I always believe that if you had the, uh, I called it up the middle maintenance, tees, fairways, greens, you know, everything else kind of works from there out. You know, if those are good, you can, you can mask a lot of what's going on. You know, um, it's, it's hard to, sort of get anybody to pay attention to you if your greens aren't good or you got some bad spots in the fairways and just looks ratty, you know. And um, I figured out that that was where everything kind of stemmed from was seeing where the compliments and comments were coming from and realizing that, hey, overall we're in pretty good shape. I might have a barrier over here or some cart traffic wear over here or a busted sprinkler head over here, but those are those are not as big a deal as they – is I may make them out to be. Right. You know, and you just got to kind of. A lot of people don't peak. notice that. No. Especially with the cart traffic. I mean, they're not going to notice it. All they're going to do is drive in the same spot because sure. everybody oh, else sure. does. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's where I'm supposed to drive. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah. You just got to put the blinders on. Yep. And it's always good to go play other courses too, in my opinion. Yeah. But granted, this summer I really hadn't. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I know typically what everybody's you know, what kind of shape everybody else is in yeah. for the most part. I mean, there's a, a another public course across town that, I mean, for years, I mean, it's it's not a great course, but their greens are awesome. Year after year, greens are awesome, and they keep getting play. Sure. And that's why. Now, granted, I'm assuming after this year they might be able to start putting some more funding, you know, into other things. But right. if you got good greens, you're, you're fine. People yeah. kind of look past. Oh, you got thin fairways, or you know, you're you're you don't have that much grass on tee boxes. But I mean, that's that's kind of like what I said. The focus here, starting off, was greens. Right. Had to get at least get some grass back on them. Yep. And then kind of start to dial them in. So. Well, it sounds like you're on the right path, man. Did I ask you everything you wanted to talk about, or did you? Did... I could go on and on. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but this wasn't been too bad, has it? <laughs> no. Yeah. Are you going to make it over to the uh, tournament at all, or you you kind of cashed out this year? I know they're lower on volunteers. Not trying to put any pressure on you. Oh but, God, but, I, I knew better than to you know sign sign up for the full volunteer. You yeah. know, volunteer all week, but I mean, if they're letting people kind of just show up, I might get out there one afternoon. This they week. probably would want to know if you're there, but if you showed up, they're going to put you on something right. for sure. I well, mean, there's no doubt about as that. As long as I don't have to water bunkers for <laughs> four hours. Well, I won't put this out before they <laughs> before before they start. Before the end of the week, so they they won't hear that. But I don't think they'll be needing too much water yeah. before the week's over. So it's supposed to get no, some rain. No, it looks like the 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 rain, 
Uh, looks like we're going to get some weather. Do you have any issues with flooding or anything? Has the golf course got any water close by? Everything out here is so compacted. Yeah. Water just runs off. Yeah. There's a big ditch that goes straight down the middle of the course um, that fills up quickly. Yeah. But once that goes down, everything drains into it yeah. for the most part. It's not clogged up. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, we were air fine fairways. We started this week. And, I I mean, there's no telling when the last time that even happened. <sighs> Seriously. It's a lost practice in a lot of places. You know, just getting away from air fine and, you know, for whatever reason. And people have all these new fancy yeah. machines. Yep. Um, but I, I knew Chase had just a little spoon air fire next door. And it hadn't moved in probably two or three years yep. there's grass growing up all around it and i, I said man look i want to come get that yeah i'll run the crap out of it yeah and he said that's fine you know so i, I went and got it and we've been running the crap out of it yep tees fairways green surrounds you know it's is it just a pull behind tractor or what, yeah what is it? ground driven yep. you don't have to hook it up to pto or anything sweet i love it looks like crap but <laughs> i love it hey if it opens it up and gives you a little bit of breathing room you know yep that's all good yep well, I know your time's valuable, man. Uh, appreciate you doing this. We've knocked out a little over an hour. I know it seems like it's about like twenty minutes. Yeah, it seems like it goes by <laughs> super fast. And and uh, I got up early this morning, so I'm gonna um, call. You know, go back and try to catch a nap before I have to. Who knows what? I did nine different things this morning, so we'll, they'll probably have me doing something else. But uh, you're on Twitter and all that stuff. If you when they listen to this, give that out and all your information so people follow you and I, and and all that. And uh, I'll share that as well when I when I put this out. But if you want to tell everybody you're all if you're active on social media, I try to, you know, be halfway decent on Twitter. Yeah. Um, well, it's a good place to be if any of them. Right. I know, yeah. like, I mean, Chase is big on Twitter. I yeah. know he, he posts a lot of golf course stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, Twitter is trust underscore super. Everything else, it's it's kind of just personal, I guess yeah. you could say. Sure. You know, Facebook, Instagram, I don't really yeah. post much. But right. um, Timber Trust does have Facebook and Instagram. Timber The Timber Trust Golf Course. Timber Trust Golf Course, yep. yep. John's pretty prevalent on trying to post updates. It's and, great. It's a great way to get information yep. out there for sure. We get a lot of attention yep. um, on Facebook especially. Yep. People comment and saying, yep. you know, course looks great, you know, stuff like that. Because yep. a lot of people don't see half the stuff that goes on. So, right. you know, we try to post some videos and, you know, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is what it looks like when yep. we do it, you know, but – how do you think the podcast uh, went for you as far as your first experience with that? I think I kind of just now calmed down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're done fine. We, I mean, to, to feel like it's just an hour. I mean, it it uh, it's just it's just fun to have a good conversation and talk about work and life and what's going on and everything like that. I'm and, sitting in the AC for an yeah. hour. Although it's a little warm in here, it is hot. It feels a little warm in here. <laughs> We're in the clubhouse area, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like I was telling you before we started, I enjoy doing this podcast. I enjoy, um, what it's given me as far as talking to guys, meeting new people, uh, just being, um, able to get our information out there. Um, our industry as a whole is, you know, really doesn't get as much play as I would love for it to. Um, you know, I've said before the golf channel rarely gives us much, uh, in the way of any sort of content, you know, they might praise us and say our names on TV now, 
but that took for year, you know, years to do. And um, not just golf courses, but sports turf managers, you know, uh, lawn care professionals, business people, salespeople. It's been a lot of fun just learning and teaching. And and I promise you that somebody will listen. You you when you said no, I don't know what anybody will get out of this. I promise you, there's somebody that's going to be in your shoes or or come into the same situation and kind of realize that uh, you know they it can, is possible. They yeah, and that and that they can even if they don't know you can feel like that they listened to it and said, Hey, there's, here's a situation that someone overcame, just got to, you know, how do you eat an elephant? Just like one bite at a time, you know, you just got to figure it out and go and go about the business. And I, I wish you nothing, nothing but the best. I, I personally appreciate you reaching, you know, uh, responding back to me and wanting to do this. And it's been a lot of fun and, and, um, you know, I, you're, you're part of the fraternity now. So <laughs> I've enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Well, um, if I don't see you the rest of the week, I, uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll uh, I'll get this thing out, and we'll uh, uh, have your story out there. So it's been fun. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Got you a fan now. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, everybody. Um, Jacob Marsh, the golf course superintendent at Timber Trust. I appreciate him coming on down here in Olive Branch, Mississippi. And uh, if you're ever down here, look him up uh, at Trust Super. Is that right? At Trust Super. Trust underscore super. Trust yep. underscore on super Twitter. on Twitter. And um, until next time, folks, that's the episode. And uh, next one will be out soon. But uh, thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to rate, share, subscribe, all that stuff. And um, until uh, I hear you or talk to you again soon, uh, this is BJ Parker, and I'm out. See you.